Roseanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, a medical intuitive, and a channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval due to trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animal's Eye View podcast. I may have mentioned during last podcast that I started fostering two, I guess they're probably about a year old kittens, one male and one female. And they kind of came together as a package deal. To be honest with you, I thought I was initially going to be adopting the male, a red tabby, who's just adorable. His name coming from the movie Tangled and was definitely, I think, the reason why I reached out to the shelter. His name is Flynn Ryder, (laughs) aka Eugene from the movie Tangled. And if you don't know Tangled, you're missing out. So I highly encourage you to watch the movie Tangled. And so he originally came from a hoarding situation and his kennel mate, uh, aka sister, sibling, I'm not sure what we're going to call her at this point in time. She was given the rather interesting name of Paunch. Uh, She really doesn't look like a Paunch. She's got just the most adorable little upside down heart, if you can imagine it, a white heart. She's a tuxedo cat, uh, white heart on uh, her nose. So I'm going to have to come up with a name for her and if I choose to stick with Flynn Rider. But the reason why I say it's a package deal is that he had already been adopted out once to someone who thought he would make a really good mouser. And there definitely are some cats that are being adopted out as working cats. You may have heard of that, where these are mostly feral kitties who really do much better living outside than they do inside. At the same time, they need the support and the protection and the care and the maintenance of a human. And so these guys are being adopted out by various shelters, again, as a working cat. And they very happily exist out in your barn or field or what have you. And there's a bit of a definitely arm's length distance of a relationship between you and them. So that's how he was originally adopted out to begin with. And because he was left alone so much, he got really stressed and he started to pull out his fur. He ended up being returned back to the shelter. And so enter our little miss who is just adorable and quite fiery. And because he does much better, I think given his beginnings on the planet in a hoarding situation, he does much better if he has a companion, a friend with him. And so I said, jumping with both feet into the 
let's see what it's like living with animals once again, because my last Sweet Lacey transitioned about two years ago. And slowly but surely, I was getting to the point, and probably maybe not so slowly, but definitely a lot more surely, getting to the point where I just missed having animals in my life. And so we will have our two-week anniversary (laughs) on the day that the podcast drops, which is Thursday, June the 25th. And I'm using them as kind of a entry into today's podcast, which is basically talking about how love really isn't the complete answer. And I know for humans that, and I'm sure you see it everywhere, we we would love to think that love is the answer. Just love everybody. Just love everybody. Do you see your neighbor? That's your neighbor. Just love your neighbor. And I think on a biological level, as far as how the body works, I think it's a bit more complex than that. And I'm actually really grateful that I can use them as an illustration because I don't think it's necessarily the fact that I'm technically fostering. In truth, the shelter said to me, yeah, we want to make sure that this is a good match for you and this is a good match for them. So we're going to set you up on a foster situation rather than go through the whole adoption thing and have it not be what all y'all wanted. So there's a little bit of an overarching, well, I'm just fostering and not necessarily that I shouldn't be getting too close to them, but I think it's safe to say maybe you found yourself in the same situation with new beings of all sorts. They don't necessarily have to just be animals or or humans or, you know, galactic beings. I think love just takes a while. I think it just takes a while because in the last two weeks, I've been definitely aware of a space between us where I'm getting used to them. They're getting used to me. I'm watching their behavior. I'm starting to learn about their likes and their dislikes. They're slowly but surely unwinding a little bit, even to the point where his nibs, uh, Mr. Flynn Ryder, doesn't race from the room the moment I get close to him, that he even comes a little closer, he'll arch his back, which isn't exactly a head bump in kitty language, but I'll take it because he arches his back, the tail comes straight up. And I understand that that's my cue to give him some nice um, long pets. And then he rolls over on his side and his belly and actually wants that to be stroked and all that sort of a thing. So in the last two weeks, It has definitely felt like I was in a little bit of, I don't know, kind of like an in-between that I was waiting and at the same time still kind of unsure about this magic that I knew was coming, I was hoping was coming. Because with my other animals, I had adopted them when they were kittens, you know, like eight to 10 week old kittens, maybe even 10 to 12 week old kittens, certainly not animals that had had the kind of life experiences already on this planet that these two have had. 
And so I don't know whether I thought at the time, well, it's just kind of automatic. They're so young. How could they not like me? I'm me. (laughs) And at the same time, I'm aware, fast forward 20 some odd years of the complexity, even more so, of relationships And not necessarily, I use that word advisedly, the complexity. I don't think relationships are necessarily complicated. I think they can be complex. That doesn't mean that they're not doable, right? That just means that there just needs to be a passage of time for each party involved in the relationship to get to know each other. And it was funny, I'm remembering it was just last Sunday, where we had had a bit of a rough weekend. Um, she also overgrooms herself. And so again, because of stress, and so the shelter made her, it's absolutely adorable. I have to see if I can somehow get a picture into the podcast notes. This adorable little teeny tiny t-shirt with short green sleeves that she wears, that has openings for her legs and of course the the other end, the important end for peeing and pooping. But because it's been, you know, like ripped a little bit and, you know, I've washed it three or four times because, you know, it gets dirty. And we'd had a little bit of a tough weekend because I found her without it on and I was noticing her licking and pulling out fur and I thought, oh, okay, we have to get on the front end of this. And so there was trying to put this really, really small t-shirt onto a really, really fast moving cat. (laughs) So I'm just going to leave you with that mental image. But as I was going to bed last Sunday night, there was, you know, the radio station in my head. And I'm sure someone out there who's listening to the podcast will go, ah, yes, the radio station in the head, which means that the universe usually finds a way to pick a particular song. It's not usually the melody, it's usually the lyrics that it feels is particularly applicable to whatever situation I'm going through. And it just kind of depends upon whether they're wanting me to think again about (laughs) this step or action or thought that I'm going to have, and they kind of want to gently redirect me. In this case, it was the song, Getting to Know You. And it just came in so incredibly clear. And I just got a really nice chuckle to myself. And I'm like, okay, we're making a little bit of a progress in this relationship. And as I say, even since Sunday, I think we've already kind of reached a place with each other where they're starting to trust more. I'm starting to trust more. I'm getting back into the swing of emptying out litter boxes and understanding that they may tend to gulp their food. And if I don't want to see the food come back up immediately, (laughs) I need to pay attention to that and only feed half at a time. You guys know this. Everybody who has adopted or fostered before You understand there's a getting to know each other part. And to be clear, I definitely think animals are sentient beings. I definitely think they have the ability and the capability to feel clearly not only emotions, but feelings. 
And as we've talked before, emotions are the short, sharp bursts of notifications, if you will, from the nervous system pertaining to a particular situation, a thought that you're having, an emotion you're having, what have you. Feelings tend to be sometimes a combination of one or two emotions over a period of time that you then get to the place of, oh, that's right. Yeah, this particular thing. Oh, I really love this particular thing. And whether you know it or not, you're actually thinking back to all the other experiences that you had with this particular thing. And for whatever reason, what's coming up is a jelly donut. (laughs) Someone out there must be thinking of jelly donuts. They're not my favorite, but there you have it. So say with this jelly donut, the first time you had the jelly donut, it was just like, oh, immediate rapture. Well, it was filled with raspberry, Boston cream, lemon, whatever that happened to be, that was just like, oh, this is absolutely fabulous. And so there was that emotion and just, oh, this, I really like this. I really love this. And so the next time you saw a jelly donut, you thought, oh, I'm hoping I'm going to be anticipating that I'm going to have exactly the same kind of experience with this jelly donut. And of course, along the way with your history and relationship of jelly donuts, there may have been some times you're just like, oh, no, I did not like that jelly donut at all. Because you see, you had expectations based on your previous experiences with jelly donuts and how you feel about jelly donuts, right? We can all say, oh, yeah, this is how I think about this and this is how I feel about For instance, I admit, not a big fan of sushi. Not really sure what it is. Yes, I've had it several times, and I just can't get there with sushi. And so, too, I think it is with relationships. And it was interesting. I saw a meme earlier today that was kind of reminding me about how it is that Humans like to say, love is the answer. Just love everybody. It's so easy to just love everybody. And this was something that was posted on Facebook by a user whose name is Senbon Zakura. Hope I'm not butchering that too badly. And the meme was, the reason why America isn't recovering from COVID-19 as quickly as other countries is because we are a country that values individualism over collectivism. Nobody here wants to do anything that is a minor inconvenience to them in order to protect their neighbors. And that really got me to thinking, you see, about how we just kind of throw this love thing just like around. Well, love, like like it's the easiest thing in the world. And I think that for my money, compassion will get you places that love simply is incapable of doing. And to be clear, the definition of compassion is sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with the desire to alleviate it. Come from the Latin meaning with and pati from the Latin meaning suffer. I'll go a step further and I would say compassion to me is holding neutral space and actually being in that place with someone else 
so that you look at their situation, their particular uh, event that they happen to be going through, um, whatever that happens to be, a physical thing about themselves, whatever that is, that you simply stand next to them and you give them the message externally, internally, a hug, an arm around the shoulder, a, uh, an elbow bump, whatever that happens to be. And frankly, in this case, wearing a mask that you say to them, I am willing to stand in this place with you simply because of who you are and more importantly, who we are together. These shared experiences that we have and that animals have with each other, it builds on compassion, which in turn throughout time definitely does lead to love. And I think, I think humans, we also, we kind of tend to be romantics. And I have to say, there's nothing wrong with that. But because we don't deal well with the shadow and we repress it at every way we can, we're so apt to reach for the, oh, let's just, oh, love, let's just bring that love in. Yes, that love will make everything better. And I just don't think it will. I just, I really am of the opinion that you're going to have to do the work of maybe standing awkwardly next to these feline beings and take a look at them and say, now, hmm, what have I gotten myself into? Am I capable of being your guardian? Am I capable of holding my arms wide enough so that you can go through the healing that you need to do from the wounds that you have already endured in your very short time here on planet Earth? And even more importantly, is it okay with me if you don't completely heal? Is it okay with me if you don't heal at all? Is it okay with me if it takes me another six months to be able to pick you up and clip your nails? These were the questions that I really had to ask myself in the last couple of weeks. And I do think that amongst our species right now, these are the questions we should be asking each other. Do I have what it takes to be able to admit my white privilege? Do I have what it takes to be able to simply sit in silence while someone weeps from the very bottom of their feet up through the top of their head for ancestral wounds? Do I have what it takes? Am I capable? And maybe even do I want to stand in this place with them so we can do the work together of healing? All the other species on the planet, as we've already talked, they have a collective shared history. That's downloaded to every single new member and actually held in a place of honor because they all revere the planet and understand, number one, their default is collective consciousness. That in order to live here joyfully and prosperously for their species and within their individual experience, they have to share and mutually support each other. From their perspective, looking at each other in that way, that's the kind of love that they perceive is going to 
actually heal the planet. I know that they hope that we're going to be able to make our way there. I hope we are as well. And if you ever find yourself on a daily basis, perhaps even hour to hour, as I sometimes do, with the news on the planet, and probably not really even the news on the planet, but what I know are interactions that I can see with my own eyes, the truth of interactions between members of our own species, the world can appear to be a very dark place right now. And then I know for me, now it's my turn. It's my turn to hold space. It's my turn to reach out. It's my turn to make sure that people hear the smile in my voice, even though I might be wearing a mask. That I lift a hand to, no matter who it is, on my daily walks. That I reach out. That I say, hey, how are you? How are you doing today? To the grocery store clerks. In anybody, it's just these little teeny tiny things, these shared experiences that actually have a remarkable lingering and rippling effect. At least that's how all the other species on the planet see it. And remember, they are most definitely with us on this journey. Thanks for listening today. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazanflynn.com. Come and find me on social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm in the Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.